Lock the gate! <laughs> Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. How? What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Ricans? What the fuck, Anucks? I didn't mean to have that weird mental break in the middle of my intro. I am Mark Marin. This is WTF. Thanks for uh, joining me today on the show. Aubrey Plaza. You read about it in Entertainment Weekly a while ago, and now she's here in the garage by the magic of podcasting. Uh, I was thrilled to talk to her. What a couple of things before I get into that. Uh, first of all, this show is being brought to you by that's old way to that's the old way to do it. This show is being brought to you by Comedy Central. My new comedy CD, This Has to Be Funny, comes out tomorrow on Comedy Central Records. And so does Michael Ian Black CD, very famous. Get them both on iTunes or anywhere you get your music. Comedy Central Records. My, did I mention my CD is coming out tomorrow? See, there's that's a little bit of the uh, the price you pay for advertising in a way. Wouldn't it be nice for me to just say my CD, but now also Michael Ian Black CD, very famous, comes out tomorrow as well. I had no idea that was going to happen, and that's the position I'm in. I am now married to Michael Ian Black in that promo because our CDs come out on the same day. But you know what? I'm going to be big about it, and I'm going to say buy both of them. I'm sure Michael Ian Black CD is very funny. And I know some of you know there's tension between me and Michael, but that is all fabricated, I uh, at least on uh, his side. And on my side, it's something I have to wrestle with. You know, I keep getting humbled by my uh, defensiveness, and my mild condescension, ranging to major condescension, as it's misunderstood. I don't know what to tell you. I'm just prickly, I guess. I'm just a little uh, reactionary. And that's the other thing I want to talk about. Yeah, I got Aubrey Plaza on the show today. I talk to a lot of young people. <laughs> oh, no, I'm the, no, I'm that guy. You know, these youngsters, these kids today. You know, with their big ideas. We were doing that years ago. We did that already. No one's going to do that music like the music. See, there's something about getting old and the way that I hang on to things. I'm not going to generalize for everybody, but I am sort of a dick sometimes to younger comics. Uh, I'm supportive in their their uh, their their desire to do comedy and, and make it happen. But I do find that I can be a little condescending. And I'd like to think it was just... Uh, something that comes from a real analytical place, but I'm starting to think, Jesus Christ, am I just getting old? Am I just holding on to this idea that my generation of comics or my generation of music is really the best stuff? Isn't that what every fucking old person does? It's not like when I was a kid. Yeah, it's moved on. Sure, there's a lot of crap, and there was a lot of crap when I was a kid too, but but at some point, you know, I got to open it up open up the heart and realize, you know, some people, some things are happening now. Everything didn't happen when I was a kid. Everything didn't happen when my parents were kids. Something happens every generation, something good. Oh man, I just can't believe I'm drifting into that. 
into that old guy thing. But I, can, I can't fit as much as I used to into my brain. I, that's the other thing. It's like there's a lot of new things going on. There's things on the computer that is sitting in front of me that enable me to do it that I don't. I make choices. I don't know where people have the time to take in videos, to take in uh, news necessarily, to, to go find new music. I mean, where do they find the time? It takes all I have to just get through a day and get five things done. And, I, and I'm compulsive. And you know what, honestly, my brain is getting a little older and there's certain things that are happening inside of it that are disabling my ability to remain interested or compulsive about feeding it just a shitload of new stuff. And you know what? I'm more relaxed about it. Maybe I don't need all that shit in my head. I'm getting old. I'm the rambling old guy. Holy shit. When is Mark going to shut up? When's the old guy going to quit yammering about what it was like back in the day. Jesus Christ, am I living in a fucking Bruce Springsteen song? Wow. I got to move on through that shit. Everything's new. Everything's new starting today. I, I, am, I am born again with a teenage brain. That doesn't sound good. That, that, that sounds illegal, kind of. Wait, I, I just remembered I did do something new. I went to see Kevin Smith's Red State. I was invited by Kevin Smith. Uh, it was me and a few other cats. Uh, Joe Rogan was there. It was like a podcaster's convention. I didn't know what to expect. I've talked to Kevin. I've seen his films. Um, and I got to be honest with you, I just was blown away by it. This movie had balls. It had surprise. It had blood and guts. It had uh, multi-layers of uh, politics and, and religion. And I had no idea what I was walking into. And I cannot tell you what a thrill it is to be able to walk up to an artist and say, dude, I fucking like that movie. You did something here, man. The camera was moving. It's the best thing you've ever done. It It, it is so amazing to be able to say that to somebody who created something i mean that movie is a mind fuck it's a complete mind blower and i can't tell you the last time i've been to a movie where i really didn't know what was going to happen at every turn you know what else that happens on when you watch breaking bad i have no idea what the fuck is going to happen no fucking idea and that's completely exciting when things aren't predictable when at every turn you don't know what's going to happen sort of like life if you live it <laughs> I, I can't believe we just... I appreciate you doing that photo shoot with me. Yeah. And uh, I don't understand at at the level of popularity that you are at on some level, that was nothing unusual. No. I'm really glad I gave you the ginger candy because that's... Is this like, a bad idea? Well, I don't, it's just... It's not one of those things that you can really just kind of I can of swallow work. it really fast. No, don't, 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 don't. Take your time with it. Let me uh, introduce you properly while you finish your ginger candy. Uh, chewing on the you know that Asian ginger candy you get that you can never get out of your teeth right now in the garage is Aubrey Plaza from the show um, Parks and Rec from the movie Funny People uh, from that other thing you do. What's that? I don't know. I was hoping you throw something in. Oh, isn't some other thing Scott Pilgrim versus the World? Oh yeah, that was good. That was a good movie. Thank you. Did you have fun with that? Yeah, it was really fun. The, I think the first time I met you was in Montreal, and I think was I Dick? Um, or yeah. do you not remember? Oh, no, was. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? How so? No, I don't know. I was totally like out of my mind, nervous that night. But I remember you were sitting there, and you were all like cool and calm, and I was like trying to talk to you because I was nervous. 
Were you trying to talk to me? I don't remember. Oh, okay. Well, you're just being nice then, being diplomatic. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember I was, I, I was like, who the hell is this? How come I've never heard of her before? And uh, I didn't realize that you did stand up. And you went up there and you, you kind of killed. And I was like, holy shit, she's got jokes and stuff. Yeah, that was a weird um, experience for me, that whole Montreal trip. Because yeah. I, I was like kind of, I came kind of out of nowhere. So everyone kind of had a weird attitude towards me. Really? Yeah. Like in general, like career-wise, Just you came out general, of nowhere? Just in general, because I hadn't done stand-up before the movie and at all. And Is that true? Yeah. I started, I literally, the first time I ever did stand-up was because I was auditioning for the movie and I knew they their only problem with me was that I wasn't a stand-up so I told them I was just going to start doing stand-up and send the videos to Judd Apatow and so I wrote a set and filmed it and then sent it to him and then I got the part and then I had to start doing stand-up. You had to? Yeah. Because oh because for the movie. For the movie. Yeah. Yeah I came out two weeks later after that. And after Montreal or, or no? No Montreal was um almost a year later because right. I came out in the fall Judd put me started putting me up in shows with the rest of the cast and they had already been doing shows for like months and so I started doing it and getting booked at like the improv and mm-hmm. the laugh factory along with Seth and Jonah and Adam Sandler and because I was getting booked with them I was just getting booked as me so when I stopped doing shows with them I could still get booked at those places even though like I hadn't done it before how did you feel about that it was weird it was like i kind of felt like i was like a total fraud (laughs) you know (laughs) but but i wasn't because i was my shit was working right so like it was a weird situation because people were kind of like had the attitude of me of like who the fuck do you think you are like yeah that's probably what i did you know like yeah you didn't like struggle and do a bunch of shitty shows every week night after night you're now going up the laugh factory after fucking sebastian or whatever right and i but i was like yeah i know but like they wouldn't let me go up if i was totally tanking so it was a weird thing so you were able to go up and and pretty easily follow sebastian because that's not that's not easy that was really hard <laughs> that night sucked really big time how like now can you still count the number of times you've done stand-up like in your head I mean, I mean I, how much did you have to do? So okay, so let's just let's walk through this for a minute. All right. Because I'm sure this was probably why I was a dick to you, uh, n- knowing me, was I had those same thoughts. Was uh, who the fuck is this girl who can just do stand up? Because I come from that way of thinking. We were sitting out there on my on my deck, and I felt old for a minute. I felt like you know I was I was actually I don't want to drop names, but I was leaving a message on Shecky Green's uh, phone. Oh, here we go. Well, Shecky fucking Green again. <laughs> I, look, I don't know I him either. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, look, so, uh, but, so you get the part, you auditioned just as an actress. How long had you been in L.A. at that point? I wasn't in L.A. I literally had only done one movie, an independent film, and nothing else. And I didn't have... What a, was that? That was Mystery Team with um, Donald Glover and Dominic Dierkes and right. DC Pearson. And I was actually halfway through that movie in New Hampshire when Allison Jones, casting director, asked me to put myself on tape for a secret project that was Judd Apatow's next movie. Uh-huh. So I put myself on tape literally in like the middle of the night in New Hampshire and sent it over. And I improvised. Donald Glover helped me actually do do it. And then, and then after that, I got they flew me out to L.A. like a month or two later to read with Seth. 
um, Rogan. Now, like, I, I see your disposition now. Was there a point where you're like, holy fuck, this is happening? Or, like, I'm excited? Yeah, or... I totally, like, had no idea. Were you screaming and running around the yeah, room? Yeah, I was like, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I literally went from doing internet videos to doing that movie. I mean... With it, that mystery mystery team in the middle. Yeah, with the mystery team in the middle. But, I mean... That... How'd you know Donald? Donald and I went to NYU together. And we did UCB stuff. Like around the same time, we're, we're the same age. Same with Pearson. Same with all those guys. I was so you're a part of a crew. I mean, I wasn't part of their crew. Right. I was kind of flying solo, but they were aware of me, and I was aware of them, and we were all film students. That's an amazing story. I mean, that's what happens. I mean, it's sort of what happens, and it's amazing that all you guys are now sort of surfacing. Yeah, it's really weird. Now I know because I see DC Pearson around. So okay, so then you're in New Hampshire. You're shooting this movie with Dan, uh, Donald, and you shoot this out to uh, to Judd. And and you would just were you still in school or you were out? I was out of school at that point. Um, now how'd you end up in New York? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Delaware. Who well, grows up in Delaware? Me and I just met Valerie someone. Bertinelli. That's all right. And Joe Biden. Oh yeah, who did I just? You know, I asked somebody who I just met who grew up there, and they gave that exact same list of people. That's pretty much it. I mean, you could count Ryan Felipe too, but that's they also gave that guy too. Yeah, that's it. That's all of them. That's it. Wow. And now uh, Aubrey Plaza. That's right. Could be added to that list. I was the Grand Marshal of the Wilmington Delaware Christmas Parade last year, so if that gives you any <laughs> indication of <laughs> Delaware. Well, Delaware's own Aubrey Plaza. Comes back. That's right. And what did you do? Did you wave from a car? I purchased a king's robe. Uh-huh. And I told the um, the chief of the parade or whatever when they asked me that I would only do it if they gave me my own float. Yeah. And then I could put my whole family on the float. Yeah. Because they told me they wanted me in an antique car driving behind the mayor. Yeah. And I said, I'll only do it if you give me a float. And? And they said, all right, we're going to give you a float. Yeah. And I stood on the top of the on the very top of the float with a king's robe on. Yeah. My whole family was sitting like on the bottom. Like I have a really big family. Yeah. How many? Um, I couldn't even count. I have like twenty cousins on my dad's side, and like my mom has eight brothers and sisters. Oh my god! So everybody gets on the float. Everyone's on the float. So why not just call it the Plaza Family Float? Yeah, pretty much. Is that your real last name? That's my real last name. Yeah. And how, how, so how many people, like, give me an idea. On the float? Like, like, like 30, 40? Yeah, like 30, maybe. <laughs> and, and maybe, were, not 40, probably 30. Was it, was it anything? It was just a big platform for you and your it king's It was rope? like a platform. <laughs> it was like, it had three levels. Mm -hmm. So I was at the very top. Did you demand three? I just demanded a float. You know, I didn't want to push my luck. <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen. And I was just shouting. I was just being really weird. I mean, downtown Wilmington is a weird scene to begin with. and But not weird and ironic, cool way. It's just actually no, it's, weird. it's shady. And, oh, really? And a little dangerous, yeah. And that's where you're... you're <laughs> yeah. And did, you didn't grow up in that part of town? I mean, I grew up near it, but yeah. it's like, you, you don't really grow up downtown. I mean, some people do, I guess, but... You got brothers and sisters? I have two sisters. Older, younger? Younger. So you're the oldest sister. That's right. Were you uh, terrible? I'm, I don't know what that means. Really? In what way? Like, Have we mean to your sisters? Oh, no. Okay. Definitely not. I think that we're all, we have a pretty big age gap. Like Natalie is 20 and Renee is 14. Oh, okay. So we, wouldn't, we never like fought like that. Uh, 
because it would have so been really unfair. Them. Yeah, <laughs> it would have mean you you were truly a bad person. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Are they are they pretty excited about you? I mean, yeah, I think so. I think also it's it's probably a little like it gets old to them. I think you know. <laughs> yeah, have they wanted you to introduce them to anybody? Renee, my youngest sister, um, wanted to meet the Jonas Brothers and Channing Tatum. And were you and able to I, facilitate that? I facilitated both of those. Wow! So, and that's pretty pretty awesome. How did you do the? How did you manage the Jonas Brothers? Jonas Brothers was like one of those meet and greet things that I got my agent to to pull off. And, oh, really? Um, yeah, I knew someone at CAA that knew their manager, and then at at a concert in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, I brought my sister for her birthday, and we went backstage, and she was crying, and I I, I videotaped the whole thing on uh-huh. my flip cam. It's uh-huh. pretty awesome. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Was she able to talk? No. <laughs> no. But I mean, she has a picture of her and Joe Jonas like touching, and yeah. that's like gold. Yeah. To her. School. Yeah. I oh mean, my god. Like, and this is how old is she now? She's fourteen now. Oh that my was god. two years ago. Oh, so, so she was it. Yeah. She might as well have had her own float at school. Pretty much. And what what kind of stuff does, uh, what did your dad do growing up? My dad um, is was and is a stockbroker from Merrill Lynch. Oh. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. And your mom, what'd she do? She's a lawyer. Wow. So, yeah. you, uh, so uh, no hard times. That's actually an interesting question because both of my parents, they had me at a really young age when they were 20. Oh, wow. And uh, it was like a really big accident. And um, Does that hang over you? Are you sad about that? I think it informs a lot of my <laughs> yeah. comedy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they they started kind of with nothing and worked their way up. So my, oh, dad, wow. my dad didn't, you know, he wasn't like going to college and stuff. He was like a cab driver for a long time. When they had and, you? Yeah, when I, when I was a kid. Oh, so you could have been like the, the thing that ruined their future. That's right. And they, they transcended. They rose yeah. above the horrible mistake that was you to I, go ahead and build successful lives for themselves. Is that the wrong way to frame it? No, that's the that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> I wish someone said that to me a couple of years ago. <laughs> Do they tell you that? No. <laughs> so your mom must have still been in law school when she had She you. was in night school when I was younger. I, I had a really different childhood than my sisters. I, I was pretty, we were pretty poor. Yeah. I mean, they, my parents didn't have a bed. They slept on the floor. I was in a crib. They were on the floor. Wow. They told you that at least. Yeah. Yeah. Every day of my fucking life. Right. <laughs> well, that that's actually a pretty, uh, a pretty amazing story. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't, uh, you know, once a kid comes and they had big dreams, some people just, wow. Uh, doesn't happen. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I still kind of can't believe it. They're they're re- they were really ambitious, and I I don't know how. And you get along it. with them. Yeah, that's that's good. That's I'm proud of you. I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> yes, I get along with them. Now, all right. So now let's go back to this uh, funny people business. Okay. The um, so you you fly out here. I just like for, the the excitement of it. So you send in this tape, and then and then what happens? Okay, they call so I you. send in the tape. Yeah, I go for a week to LA. Right. I had three meetings. One was at Sony to do a chemistry read with Seth Rogen. Yeah. And and just a note, a side note, they had already cast someone else, or they were thinking of casting someone else in that part. Did but you know who it was? It didn't work out. Right. I do, but I'm not going to mention the names. But it didn't work out. And so they were re-looking at me 
they they looked at my tape and they were like, let's just see what happens if we bring her out here, I guess. Yeah. And then um, and then I had a meeting with I had an an audition for Edgar Wright for Scott Pilgrim, and just a general meeting with Greg Daniels and Mike Schur about the show. All at once. All in the same week. That's fucking insane. And, and I all of them happened. Yeah, but I didn't know, like, I didn't know about the show. I didn't really realize the meeting about the show was, like, anything. And the audition for Edgar, I didn't even know he was going to be in the room. I thought it was just, like, a preliminary thing. Right. And I walked in, and he was sitting there. Like, it all was, like, kind of insane. And you had big rep already? or did... I was kind of working with um, Diane McGonigal at CAA. Yeah. And, but it, I wasn't signed with them. Right. I, I really didn't have, you know, I wasn't, like... Yeah. I, I literally, I drove a car from Rent-A-Rec. I was broke. And, right. And I just like went. How'd you fly out here? Did they fly you out at least? I flew myself out. So you just, this is that great moment where you're like, fuck it. I've, this is, it's got to happen now. Yeah. And you were living in the city? I was living in Queens. Where? Astoria. Me too. 36th Avenue and 32nd Street. I was at 37th Street and 30th Avenue. Nice. Oh man, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Let's talk about where we ate. And how we never saw each other. I know. I ate everywhere. Well, I ate a, like near my house a lot. Did you eat at Uncle George's? No. The horrible, greasy Greek place? No, but I ate at the Captain. Oh, the Captain! That's seafood. where I lived, right there. You lived right at the right Captain? Right on the block. Yeah. Oh, that's not a bad place to live. Yeah, it was Did great. Did you get the, the uh, Captain's platter? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Scallops, lobster, fish. Yeah, that place is awesome. Their fish Everything. is so good. Everything's on it. They give you lemons with it, and you walk in, and right there, there's your fish. Mm -hmm. Which one would you like? Can you make me this one? Yeah. Sure. Okay, please. Yes, please. A lot of that. Yeah, I miss that. You do, right? Yeah. Where do you live now? L.A. Yeah, up in the hills, hanging out. I live like right under the Hollywood sign. Uh, just a reminder, you're winning. That's right. Soon you'll be able to climb up to the top of the H. That's right. No fish, though. I loved Queens, man. Yeah, me too. I miss it there. Did you, um, like, oh, because you're doing ECB stuff. A lot of people don't realize how great Queens is. I mean, I, I had a, an apartment there for, like, 15 years. All right, so you fly from Queens, and there you are. You do these three meetings, and then? I do the meetings. The Sony meet. This meeting with Seth was crazy. I got there maybe an hour and a half early. Yeah. I was so nervous. I was by myself. I didn't know what was going on. I literally hid in the bushes on the Sony lot because I heard Seth's laughter because he has a very distinct laugh. Yeah. And I didn't want them to know that I was there so early. <laughs> so I hid. You literally hid in the... Literally, like, behind a tree. Yeah. And had my headphones in, but there was no music in there, and I was just pretending to listen to music and be like, I'm cool, and yeah. everything's cool. Yeah, I'm just standing behind a tree on the Sony lot listening to music. And then I waited until, like, three minutes before I was supposed to be there and I just like casually walked down that little main street to the thing. The fake main street? And I saw them. I kept my headphones in to the yeah. very last second. No music was playing at all. And I went, oh, hey guys. Uh-huh. What's going on? So you manufactured some serious cool. That's right. Yeah. And But inside you're like, holy fuck. And inside I was like, I have no idea what's going on. And then... And it was who? It was Seth and Judd? Seth and Judd and Evan Goldberg. Who's Judd's writing? Uh, Seth's writing partner. So were you just like you were nervous as fuck? I mean, be honest. I mean, I know you. You know, you do this sort of like you know even keel thing. But come on, man. Yeah, I was extremely nervous. Huh. I mean, I was really I couldn't believe it. It was so. It was actually such an extreme situation for me that yeah. like it, it actually helped my nerves because I really, really was like, there is just no fucking way that I'm gonna get this. Like, there's just no way. It like, was it like was, too crazy. So I was like 
kind of having the attitude of like whatever like this really is just, you got to that point i mean that's i just pretty profound couldn't believe i just i was like if i'm here in this situation with seth rogan yesterday i was like you know in queens eating thai food <laughs> you know like whatever watching, yeah. and i was like I, there's just i have literally have nothing to lose yeah literally and, so, and and what happened? You walk in. The judge pretty nice guy. I have to assume Seth is. I don't know him. He was really nice. There was a big spread, a lot of fruit on the table. I really? They that. put out the fruit plates? Didn't touch any of that. Yeah. Just walked by that. There was a chair. I sat down. I had my script. And then Judd was like, let's do the scene. We did it once on the scripts. Seth was very nice. And then he was like, all right, you know, let's just put the scripts down. And let's just let's just play. And that was when I got comfortable because I was like holding the script and reading the lines. That was where that was where I was really nervous. And then when we put it down, I was like, I can do this. I yeah. just have to make them laugh. Do you remember how? Um, no. Was it just a beat? Were you in conversation? I mean, it was just like Judd is. It's almost like he's a third part of the scene. Right. When you're doing a scene for him, it's like he's in the scene too, like kind of yelling at you. <laughs> And being like, say that. Say, why don't you say Bob Sack? I remember one line was like, I kept making up something where I was like, okay, well, I'll try not to fuck Bob Saget while yeah. I'm gone or something like that. Oh, oh, right. It went, it went like good. I mean, I didn't walk out of there being like, I, I nailed it. I was just like, all right, well, I think I made them laugh. Did you know you were playing a part roughly based on Janine? Um, At any point? Yes. You did? Because you saw those. Did, did Judd tell you that? He didn't tell me that, but I gathered um after you got the job yeah i mean i listened to a lot of the stories and i saw the footage and stuff i mean i i wasn't like you know in my head thinking when i was shooting the movie like i am janine but no no but i, I definitely like knew that and of. when did you find out you got the gig after that so then after that i went back to new york and uh, maybe a month went by but i was really freaking out i just how I, does that look when you freak out you just quietly eat or i <laughs> I I do this to my hair. Uh -huh. I, I do a thing where I listen to my hair. If you ever see me doing this, yeah. I do like a loop like this, yeah. and then I scrunch it inside of my ear. And you listen to it? And I listen to a sound. that I'm usually freaking out when I do that. Is that calming? It's a My therapist said it's a soothing um, yeah. thing. It's a, it's, I wonder how long you've been doing it. Do you know how long you've been doing Since it? Since I was a kid. Really? That's amazing. Because I do that, and then I do this with my lip. And I remember even when I was a you kid. You on it? I like make a little loop with it. Oh, I do both of those things because my parents this. would always like yell yeah. at me. They would get stop playing with your lip. Yeah, they would just bat my hand. Around. Yeah, you do that. To, you did that to your mustache when you were a baby too. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing this since I was seven. Yeah, yeah, with the mustache. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I pull on my neck. That is attractive. Or, or do you ever? I sometimes I don't know why I'm doing this, but I grab my, I pull my ear. I actually have caught myself doing this on stage when I'm bombing. Like I'll just. You'll like, just pull on your ear. I'll just hold, pull on my lobe. You're like, the answer is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> you just got to pull it out. So you, go, you have a therapist? That's good. Yeah, I try to go. Every time the session ends, I usually go, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. Why? So I'm probably not going to come back. Because you don't think anything's happening? And then or? I go back. No, something's happening. But really? You get into the bottom of it? I mean, you know. What are your big problems? I don't know. I think it's like I have a, I mean, I don't know. Do you really want to get into that? I absolutely do. I think I have like a, I, it's hard for me to emote. <laughs> we were just talking about yeah. that. 
So when she asked me like questions, like it's like I feel like oh she's gonna try to make me cry or something. And then when I start to get upset or whatever, then it's like that's it's like successful or whatever. But that's like a zone where I'm like oh, I don't want to do that. I'm like it's better if we just keep all that. Really shoved deep down inside. So, so you so you don't let her get in there. And I mean I can't ke- stop her. But you feel her working you like you yeah. Know, like, and then I go all right. Well, I think this is probably going to be the last session for me. And then I go through that conversation with her where I go. <laughs> right when you're about to cry? Right, like mid-cry. I'm like, nah, I just, I don't, I'm not coming back next week. I'm really busy anyway. So, and then she'll text me and be like, I'd really like to see you again next week. And then I'll go, all right. Yeah. It's like almost like I, f- you know, it's like I fire her and then rehire her every week. I, I know. I, I like I've had therapists a long time. I fired one just because I what happens to me is I'll be sitting there. I'm like, do you really think this is working? I mean, do you really? I mean, like I, you know, I'm if they don't probe me enough. And then I went to some guy and I cried almost immediately a little bit. Will you give me his name so I never go to him? Yeah. You just don't want to cry. No. <laughs> when did that start? I don't know. Yeah, what's what's with the stifling of emotions? I don't know. Um, are you afraid you're going to lose control or what? Maybe. Like just sort of like never be able to stop crying? <laughs> maybe. I think the... F- yeah, maybe. Like because I, like, I feel like I've been... That was my big concern, actually, in having you over. Why? That I wouldn't be able to make you cry. You won't be able to. I know. I'm just kidding. But no, that I would not... Like you would be like, you know, like the Aubrey Plaza that I know from you know, film and television... And that I, I, you know, I wouldn't be able to get a sense of where you were emotionally, but it seems like that's a problem you have. I mean, it is, but I, I can say that I'm not, it's the the characters that I play, like uh, those characters, I mean, I just happened to do them in a row. Like that's not really. I can tell you're completely different. Totally me. I mean, that's just, that's, that happens. I think when, when you do one thing and then. But did you find that when you were like improvising that because you have a power of comedy in in this sort of detached, you you have a, a specific you know way you handle comedy and it seems to be pretty authentic to you. You must have been getting laughs with this disposition because the character is a little emotionally blocked off and a little detached and that's what's fucking funny. Yeah. Now I'm just trying to figure like when you're when you're talking to your uh, therapist, do you get to a point where you're like just you know just back off. I don't get like you know I don't say I don't get like that yeah. I'm not like back off like yeah. I don't get like yeah. defensive right it's more I don't go outward I, I just go deeper inward and you I feel just what happened? I just there's a lot of silences and really? a lot of because I'm already like in my head all day long I'm just always just in my head daydreaming and, what, and just are you but are you uh, are you like neurotic in there. I mean, are you yeah. you spinning plates and saying like, I, you know, I, I wish my uh, hair was different. Why didn't I get that role? That guy's an asshole. Uh, no, it's more like I'm just. It's like uh, there's just a constant stream of thoughts. What are some of the themes? Of the theme, a lot of a lot of worrying, a lot of I I I think I sometimes like kind of take on the weight of other people of things oh, yeah? too much. And it's hard for me to be totally present sometimes. I have to like right. really try I, I, yeah. to be I, like here. Right. It's better because it's, um, it's, it's, it's easier to be in your head. Yeah. I do that all the time. I mean, I talk about that on stage, right? If like, because people have said that I'm in my head too much and then I'm like, well, how the, how the fuck do you get out? Have, has, has anyone suggested like meditation to you or that kind oh, of yeah. shit? Have you tried that? Um, 
Yeah, I actually I started doing yoga last summer and that helped me a lot. I cuz I I mean I have a pretty ser- I had a pretty serious like anxiety issue and when I was 20 I had a stroke. What? Like an actual stroke. How the hell did that happen? It happened It's there's a lot of theories on how, why. At the time my doctor thought it was uh because of the birth control pill. Yeah. But that has since been negated, and and it kind of boils down to like migraine-related stress. Kind That's of how you, you get migraines as well. I used to. I haven't gotten them in a while. Now, but. what happened when you had a stroke? I mean, did did your did your face go numb? And... I was in Queens actually when it happened, and so you were in college. I was in college. It was the summer before my junior year. Yeah, and. It was. It really was a freak thing. It literally, I didn't have a headache. Nothing was wrong with me. I took the subway in to have lunch with my friends in Astoria. Yeah. I got into their apartment. I sat down. I was talking about a Hillary Duff concert that I had taken my sister to. Yeah. The night before, and then I looked down at my right arm, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden, it was like my brain was telling me that that wasn't my arm. Uh-huh. It was like you and I literally thought whose arm is that that's on my leg oh my god it was like my arm was just detached from my body and then the whole right side of my body was paralyzed for like a second and i remember like i was hitting myself like hitting my arm like to feel it to figure out what was going on because it wasn't numb it was just like not there right and then i kind of blacked out for a second and then the sound got really weird and I regained all my motor skills, but I couldn't talk. And I just was making a weird sound. I was like going, oh, like that. Oh, God, it's horrifying. And then my friends thought I was doing a weird bit. And yeah. they were like, stop it. What the fuck are you doing? Oh. And then I couldn't talk. I had an expressive aphasia because the blood clot was in my left temporal lobe, which is my language center. Oh, God. So like the paramedics came. They were like asking me questions and... I was totally there and I could understand what they were saying to me and I knew what the answers were, but I couldn't, I just forgot language completely. And I forgot how to write. Like, so you're like in prison in your head? Yeah. Oh my God. It was really the craziest thing that's ever and, happened. And were you able to walk? Yeah. It, so what ultimately happened is that you regained the feeling on your 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 right side. I regained you, it right away, pretty much. But you couldn't communicate but i couldn't communicate oh my god they took me to the mount sinai in queens hospital the one down by uh 21st avenue yeah oh my yeah not a good hospital yeah (laughs) and i was in the er for two hours before a doctor even saw me because i looked fine i was so young and i was i looked fine but i wasn't fine and finally when they brought me in she the doctor had me do like a really simple thing where she was like put your right hand on your left knee and I couldn't do it because I was confused I just and then they freaked out and they they were like oh my god she's having a stroke because it was very obvious that I was having if anyone like did any simple stroke test on on me they would have known they just didn't assume that you were 20 years old right yeah so so what happened how long did once they diagnosed it so I think it was this second day at the hospital I started talking again in the middle of the night I like remember waking up and being like Aubrey Plaza and saying my name and then I started talking and then they transferred me to the hospital in Delaware so I could be in Delaware near my family and I was there for a little bit and then I mean there's not much you can do when someone has a stroke the clot has to work itself out don't they have to keep an eye on whether it travels they can keep an eye on it and make sure it doesn't get worse but your brain has to heal itself 
So uh-huh. when you when you woke up and said Aubrey Plaza, you you had been probably just sitting there trying to just do that. Right? Yeah, I was trying, and I could say some words. Like I was saying some words, and a lot of them were the wrong words. Like they like I remember in the hospital they were they would ask me like the same questions over and over. How old are you? And I sometimes I would go sixteen. It was the only number I could get out. I don't know why. And then like Joe, my boyfriend at the time, was like, "You're not sixteen. She's nineteen or." You know, she's not 16. And then he'd be like, are you 16? Like, what is going... You know, because he didn't know what the fuck was going on. And I was like, no, I'm not 16. You so know? he was actually afraid that you might have been fucking a minor? Yeah, he was like, if you're 16, we have to have a talk. He was freaking out. That was the first time he met my parents. We had been dating for, like, over a year. They came to the ER. They met in the ER when oh I'm, my like, God. not... I mean, it was, like, really intense. But... Did I'm, they like him? Yeah. Oh, good. That gives you an indication of the level of, like anxiety i mean because essentially like you know it was stress related you know well maybe i mean you, your stress didn't make a blood clot well that maybe but that can happen really yeah so you've been anxious your entire life um i guess yeah like sort of paralyzed because you you seem so you know sort of cool and and but it's it's it, it now it's striking me that you're kind of compressed like, like, like if if you're anxious, because I know when I get really anxious, because I have anxiety issues as well, that I get overwhelmed and almost exhausted, and it feels like some sort of mild paralysis. Yeah, if I get anxious, I just close my eyes and have a stroke. Yeah, I mean, you took it to a whole nother level. I mean, it's I'm impressed in a weird way. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. It sounds that sounds really dramatic. I'm I'm fine. No, no, but I mean, now you have that anxiety <laughs> on top of other things. Yeah, that you did so, that to yourself. Yeah, I mean, actually, after the stroke, my that was actually when I really started having panic attacks because any time I felt weird, I immediately was like, "Well, I'm gonna have another yeah, stroke, how you, yeah. and this will be the end." Mm-hmm. And and I've gotten over that. That doesn't happen to me anymore. But I used to real. That was a big problem for me in the past couple of years. But and, since then, you know. And in terms of like, you know, carrying the world on your shoulders, do you like do you get concerned about like the end of the world and and like uh, other people or pain or the animals? How does it manifest? No, I don't give a shit about any of that. Yeah. Oh, good. Just about you and yeah, what's going to about me and my own problems. <laughs> Got to get my apartment together. <laughs> yeah. You know, sh- should I get a cleaning lady? Can I? No, yeah. I don't know. No, I hear you. I don't so, know what it is. Going back to okay, so you start shooting. Funny people is the theme. This is our through line. Okay. You good? Yeah. Um, how much of that, like Jonah Hill to me is is fucking hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I think he's he's got this uniquely, naturally funny, angry disposition. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. He's really funny and unapologetic about himself. Is he a nice guy? Yeah. And and Schwartzman was with you and Rogan, so that was the crew. Mm-hmm. Now, how much uh, freedom did Judd give you to kind of fuck around? A lot of freedom. I mean, I've never even since then, ever worked on something where the camera was rolling as much as it was. I mean, and I guess because, you know, he had so much money, he could he was, he was could afford it. But it was like the camera never cut. We were just always improvising, just coming up with, like, alternate ways of doing the scene and yeah. joke after joke. And he let me do whatever I want. I, I also wanted. think it was a very personal movie for him in the sense that, like, it was his life. Yeah, everyone, it kind of felt like that for everyone. Like, everyone... It was really personal for everyone, I think. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, for me, I was, like, essentially playing myself. I mean, I literally started doing stand-up for the movie, and in the movie, I'm starting to do stand-up. So all those shows that I did in the movie were real to me. Right. You know, so the line was a little blurry there. Do you like doing stand-up? 
Yeah, I really like it. Do you still do it? No. Huh, you know, my natural reaction to the whole idea of you doing stand-up and doing well with it is it's sort of like, oh, wow. Well, I mean, obviously anyone could write 10 minutes and, and be funny if you're a funny person because you had improv experience. But were you finding that you were able to get out any of your fears or anxieties or pains? Were you able to be honest with it? I mean, would you would you like to go back to it? Yeah, I was. Like, I really liked it for that reason, actually. Um it was it did feel like i got really into it because of the movie and there was a lot of momentum there and i was literally being paid to go up night after night and get into it and then after after the movie was over i it was like i had a weird thing where i was like am i a stand-up or am i an actor like playing a stand-up and then i just got really into it or am i going to keep doing this and it was a little hard for me to figure that out what's stopping you from doing it um, you don't have the hunger to do it because you don't need to do it. I, to be honest, when when I started doing the show, it was really hard for me to do both. Like right. I couldn't. Aziz is so disciplined, and he with stand up with stand up. I mean, yeah. also he's been doing it for so long, but like I couldn't do what he did. Like I couldn't shoot all day and then go to the improv and do it. Workout and sets. It, and also, like, and I'm not just saying this, but it was a, because I started out in such a weird way, it was almost like going after the movie was done and everything was settled. And, like, that's actually where I met you in Montreal because right. that was a year after the, the movie and everything. When I started doing it on my own, it was like I had already done shows at, at the improv and the Laugh Factory and the comedy and Magic Club and right. Hermosa Beach or whatever. So, like, if I called them and I was like, or I had my manager call them and be like, put her up. Like, they would put me up. But, like, you can't do, like, new material in one of those shows. Yeah, you kind of go to, You go know? To, so, like, and then when I would go to, if like... If you're not confident. Right. If right. you hadn't done it a bunch of times at a, like, because a you smaller had Because you were show. doing the same 10 minutes. Right. So, I was, like, I got a... I had new material, but it, but then when I would go to, like, smaller shows or, like, open mic nights or whatever, like, it was also hard because it was, like, people had this weird expectation with me where, like... You're the girl in the movie. It was, yeah, it was a weird thing where it's like I didn't really fit in either. Yeah, it must be hard world. because it, right because the comics are going, "Who the fuck is she?" And then the people that are, are know you from television or movies are like, "Oh, it's her." They're like, "Let's see what she's got." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think you're fucking stand up? Let's go. Yeah, yeah. You know, I never. It wasn't, and I wasn't like part of the scene. Like I wasn't like with like a bunch of like peer, stand up peers, right. and we're all like struggling and doing right. our thing. I was like, I was always kind of like in the corner, like trying to like act like I belong there. and But don't you hang out know. with Donald still or no? Yeah, I do. Um, and he never offered you to bring on one of his no, shows? No, I mean, I did shows with, I did a, I did a show with him in New York. That's I fun. mean, it's not an excuse. It's just, it was a, it was just a weird it just seems time and, and then that on top, and then with the show and I, honestly, I just got really busy. And yeah, then it no, just, I get it. But it just seems that with your particular type of brain that you'd be great at it. I, it's the, it's, that's something that's always in the back of my head because when I did do it, and yeah. it was working. Yeah. It was the best feeling in the world. Like, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> the best. <laughs> yeah, it's. I hope that I do it. I will do it again. Are you making a promise to the world? I promise on my show? the world. Not All right. To- so let's talk about um, Parks and Rec now. Now, I I enjoyed that show. A lot of funny people. Did you know Aziz in New York as well? I didn't know him that well, but um, when he was first starting out, I was doing improv, and I would do shows with him. Like my improv group would go, and then he would 
he would do like his old sets and stuff. So I knew of him, but I, I didn't know him that well. And when you guys were on set there, I mean, it's interesting. When you first started doing that, how long did it take for the for the ensemble to really gel and everybody sort of hit those beats? I mean, because you all can rely on each other pretty well. Do you guys get off script much, or is that pretty heavy scripted? I mean, we it's kind of like we do the script, and then and then we all know that like once we've got got it, yeah. we're gonna play around with each other. I feel like Aziz and Amy and I like definitely speak the same language, mm-hmm. and um, so it felt really really comfortable. Do you surprise each other a lot? Yeah, uh, I think so. Those moments where you're like, you get done with a shot and you're just like, holy fuck. Yeah, (laughs) a lot. And like, it's kind of cool too because even with the non comedic parts of the show, the dramatic stuff, it's like, we surprise each other with that too. You know, it's like, it's cool to be able to like do a scene with Aziz and, and, and try to make it feel really real and hit like a weird emotional thing with him, you know, like, because not many people get that opportunity yeah that's one of the things i really like work about working on the show is that i it's like it's great for me because i am playing this kind of like disaffected um like girl who's like over everything but the real great moments are when like andy makes me happy and and you're like wait a minute like i'm smiling like people (laughs) like that people say that all the time like they're like you know the one time that i smile in the episode or whatever it's like that much more satisfying well that's like it's like powerful because you don't do it yeah (laughs) but it's in there you know do you have things that make you to have fun in life yeah you do like what well i see a lot of movies have you got any movies coming up that you i've done five movies since we went on a break Really? Yeah. What, in the last six months? In the last six months. And the la- the one that I just got back from doing, I was the star of. And then I start one in three weeks where I'm also the lead. What mo- What are they about? Who's in them? So, Who directed them? Give me something. So the movie I just did was um, called Safety Not Guaranteed. And the Duplass brothers produced it. Mark and the other one? Mark and the other one. Mark Duplass was also in it, playing opposite me, and Jake Johnson was in it. Did you have to make out with Mark Duplass? Yes. Okay. How Twice. was that? It was. It was just fine. Yeah. Okay. He's a nice guy. Not right? weird. Not bad. No. Do you find? How often do you kiss people in movies? I'm trying to think. Oh, in Pilgrim. Not not uh, in Pilgrim. I I haven't really had to do it too much. I, in the past. I did a movie this winter where I was married to Brian Garrity, so we had to do a lot of touching. But the movie I'm about to do, it's like I get all of that out of my system in one movie. There's a lot of a lot of physical. It's way out of my comfort zone. Yeah, I'll be very excited to see me. How'd you handle it? I haven't done it yet. Mm. Like, what do you got to do? It's a movie called The Handjob. Mm-hmm. And it's basically about me playing like almost a Tracy Flick esque character in the '90s who hasn't done anything with guys, and she decides one summer to make it like an assignment to do everything she can, like to learn everything to do with guys physically. Oh, so I do everything in it. Wow, and it's terrifying. I'm terrified. I've been terrified for the past week. It's starting soon. I can't believe it. 
Now, but but it seems to me that given your disposition, having you know, acting like you've never done any of those things would be easy to do in a way. I'm not afraid of doing any of those things. I'm just afraid of doing it on. That's what camera. I mean. So you can use that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. In Parks and Rec, what season is this? Four. And does like is Amy Poehler like sort of like the den mom of the whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> She's like the mom. Nick Offerman's the dad. Uh huh. I'm like the angsty teenager. Yeah. Who Aziz are you? Is like the weird uncle. Yeah. When you were at uh, when you were at NYU and when you were starting out, when did you sort of decide that this was where you were going to go with things? What, what what were you what path were you taking? Oh, I decided that um a long time of before college. Did you do it when you were in high school and stuff? I mean, when I was like 12, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to be on Saturday Night Live. You guess you're going to have to. And I got really into that, and I started researching mm-hmm. people on the show, figuring out, c- trying to connect the dots, figuring out how they got on the show. And then I, a lot of like, you know, it was like improv, groundlings, and I, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to do that. It was like I really had a, I was pretty motivated from early on. Like I had a, I knew what I wanted to do. Did you audition for Don't Lauren? I actually did a a showcase for him the, like the week that I found out I got the movie, Funny People. And um, it was at UCB. They had chosen a couple people. I was doing it alongside uh, Bobby Moynihan Uh and Ellie Kemper and a couple other people. And um, it went well but i never got you know an official audition i don't know if i would have but you know when when they offered me the movie i even said to diane my agent like maybe i shouldn't do it because what if i can get on snl and she was like that is not a good (laughs) career move for you (laughs) do not say no to this on the off chance that but i really meant it i mean i was seriously considering dream from childhood yeah i was like it felt like you know i was giving that up i'm not i'm not even saying that i would have gotten on maybe i wouldn't have gotten on yeah i probably wouldn't have but that was a real thing for me where i was like my whole life i wanted to do that and well you know the great thing is is that maybe uh maybe that dream can stay intact Maybe, you know, what if you'd gotten there and it wasn't exactly what you wanted or it didn't yeah. work out? I mean, now that dream can stay intact and maybe someday you can host it. Yeah, that would be pretty great. It would I, be. I worked there. I, I interned there for a year. So I did get to be there. At SNL? Uh-huh. As a, what, a page? I was uh, in the design department. Really? Mm-hmm. Just uh, hanging out? Yeah. And doing sets? I was like, you know putting like i i would decide like where a painting would go in on in the set or so you're like did you know some of the that you must have been completely starstruck and excited totally but i was like <laughs> keeping it cool the whole time <laughs> fucking like going under the radar like amy was there she didn't know who i was uh-huh. she was like you worked there for a year wow which is unheard of too because interns aren't actually allowed to work for two semesters uh-huh. only one but they liked me so much that they made an exception so who was there amy was there tina was there amy was there jimmy jimmy was there tina was there yeah they were all there and you didn't you didn't build a relationship with anybody Mm -mm. in the cast no did anyone take notice of you no really i had one drunken moment at an after party where fred armerson came out of the bathroom and i like attacked him and I was like, sexually attacked him. I mean, Kinda. it's debatable, but yeah. I was like, you are my favorite person on this show, 
and I was like, because I would read every sketch. I would yeah. steal the sketches. I read all of them. I would take them really? home. Really? Yes. I was like a fucking weird, <laughs> creepy spy stalker, like <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and um, and I read all of his sketches that didn't get on. And I would like every week when they would announce what was getting on, I would like have these quiet like things where I'd be like, I can't believe that his fucking pigeon sketch didn't get on. These people are crazy. <laughs> like Lauren Michaels has no idea what he's doing. You know, like yeah, I was yeah. just like I wanted to like yeah. run that whole show. <laughs> But, you know, but yeah. I was like, no one knew who I was. It was weird. Didn't you get to work with Armisen now? Yeah. That must be fucking amazing. Yeah, I did a two um, sketches on Portlandia with him last summer. Oh, that's a, that's awesome. a heartwarming story. Yeah. Did he remember you? No. I mean, he re- he knows me now, but he, he didn't, didn't remember, remember that moment. No. Oh, that's too bad. Or probably probably good. Yeah, you know, it was four did in the morning. You, did you tell good. him about the amassing the Armisen scripts and... Um, no. No, I kept, <laughs> so, I kept that for you. So you, he had no idea that you were a borderline stalker? No, but I did tell him. I said, you know that one sketch that he, that if, I think it did actually eventually make the show a year after I was on? The pigeon sketch? The pigeon sketch where he's on the roof. I uh-huh. don't know if you're It's a really weird sketch where he's like on a roof with a bunch of pigeons and he's like talking to the pigeons and uh-huh. like... That I can't even explain it, but I told him, I was like, you know that sketch? He was like, yeah, like, no one remembers that. And I was like, that was funny. And, like, that should have gotten on the first time. And I have a copy of that in my house. Yes, and I've <laughs> rewritten it in my own blood, and I sleep on it every night. So who are you working with in the sex movie? Um, Bill Hader. Oh, he's fucking hilarious. He's, nice guy, too, huh? Yeah, he's awesome. His wife is directing it and uh-huh. also wrote it, Maggie Carey. Uh-huh. And that is cool because Maggie and Bill were actually the, they were the reasons I got anything actually ever. Really? Because they, I did a web series with them a really long time ago, which is where Diane McGonigal, who works for CAA, saw me in. Which was that? Which was called The Jeannie Tate Show. Oh, that's right. What is that? What was it? It was a web series about a soccer mom played by Liz Kikowski who runs a talk show from her minivan yeah. while she's running errands. Uh-huh. It was a five-minute like show, and I played her t- teenage daughter, Tina Tate, who was always like drunk and getting arrested, and she would always have to pick me up and put me in the van uh-huh. while she was interviewing a celebrity, and right. they had actual celebrities on the show. And Rashida Jones was one of the celebrities who, at the time, I didn't know. And I was like, you know, eight, 19, 18, yeah. and whatever. So that web series was a really big deal for me. So I, oh, I'm i really excited that I'm doing a movie with them. It feels like it's kind of coming full circle. I think it's profound uh, that, you know, you are a, uh, a like, a, a, a real example of how show business works now. I mean, that, you with know. With the that, internet? Well, it, but not just with the internet. That there is there is a, a group of people that were taking it upon themselves to create, you know, a content and create original sketches yeah. and series. And we have we're able to do that. I mean, I'm doing a podcast in my garage, but actually, all these things sort of kind of fell into line for you. And I think that you know, me being, you know, weird or, or resentful of of anyone's success because you know things seem easier for for you than they were for me. It's just a different way of doing it. I mean, people yeah. are more able to express themselves more precisely and, and actually get stuff out so easily now. Yeah. I also think for me, you know, it's like I do think there was a shift from when I was doing like that web series and other videos because I was writing a lot of my own videos. Yeah. I was getting really into it. And that was when the Derek guys were, too. That time it was kind the Derek of... The Derek guys? You mean Donald and Donald those guys? Donald and yeah. those guys, like 
I feel like we were kind of we kind of hit the jackpot with timing because it was right when like that stuff was getting really popular right and but there wasn't that much out there like there was it was pre- you know right. it was getting a lot of it was attention. a handful of right. people making videos and stuff so it was getting a lot of attention of attention and that's how i got started working with caa but right now i feel like already it's t- totally changed because there's so once people caught on to that and they were like oh she did that and then she got there fuck it i'm gonna fucking do a web series or a video right but now there's so many of them that it's now it's becoming it's almost hard it's you know? a glut yeah well i think so. you're right i think what what happened was it got a lot of attention because they were trying to figure out how can we own this how can we make money off of this how can we yeah. you know take that and make a tv so what happened was they weren't ever really able to do that but they were able to cite talent and give you opportunities yeah so now there's a lot of people running by that old model like we just got to make 10 episodes and it's gonna be on television yeah and yeah yeah and it's it's harder now than it was yeah do you uh, yeah. do, do you ever talk to uh, to people who are younger who are like I mean who are like how oh, the fuck you know t- tell me how to do it and yeah I mean a lot of people ask me that yeah and, and what do you say I say uh-huh. I just have no idea I just don't know what to say yeah I say say yes to everything you never know what's gonna lead to what yeah. and it is all about like people that you know because I, I remember when Maggie asked me to do that that one video on a weekend, I did have a thought in my head where I was like, maybe I just want to stay in bed mm-hmm. and not wake up at seven in the morning and do a weird web series in Hoboken. But I was like, no, of course I'm going to do it. She's married to Bill Hader. Like, she's, it's really funny. Like, who knows what will happen with it? Yeah, absolutely. And then I did it. And then, and then it worked out. So who in your, like, who do you really want to work with? Like, in your mind, what would be a dream thing for you? I mean, you already worked with Armisen. That seemed like the pretty much a dream yeah um god that's a hard question rosie o'donnell yeah that'd be pretty awesome that would be actually funny to work with rosie o'donnell did she have a lot of uh, impact on you when yeah you were i really loved her when i was a kid <laughs> yeah she actually did when i was in middle school i read her autobiography and i would carry it around with me it was called rosie uh-huh. <laughs> and she like wrote all about how she was like never have a net if you have a net you will fall you will fall into it or whatever and i was Uh like well rosie says never have a net so i'm never gonna get a real job (laughs) you know like she did have a big impact on me i liked her a lot have you met her no i would totally love to meet her and janine garofalo i mean she was really big for me too and i would love to work with her and have you met her i did meet her yeah did you have a good chat yeah i had a funny like interaction with her the first time i met her it was at UCB. We were, we were doing a show together. Actually, uh-huh. it was when I was doing stand-up. Yeah. It was like Comedy Death Ray or something. Yeah. And she was in the hallway. And I don't really get starstruck that often, but that was really freaking me out. Like seeing the... I stole the lineup that had both of our names on it. Uh-huh. You like taking pieces yeah, of paper. Yeah, I'm a really big thief. Um, she was like smoking an unfiltered cigarette in the oh, hallway. Because she's really into those, Yeah, I think. she breaks them off. And, uh, and I don't smoke. Mm-hmm really and i was just standing near her yeah and i kind of was like, looking around and i think she thought i wanted to bomb a cigarette off her uh-huh. so she was like you want one and i was like i'm in i was like yeah <laughs> so i said yeah and she was like it's unfiltered she was like it's like pretty hardcore you know i gave it to my friend the other day and i told him it was unfiltered and he said give it to me anyway and then he he almost passed out i mean oh, she's it's actually it's, smoking unfiltered yeah unfil- yeah she yeah. was like it's pretty you know yeah. it's rough uh-huh. I was like, oh, I'm good. I want it. Give it. Oh, they come in the tin, like those English ovals or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
And I played. I was just like, yeah, give it, give it yeah, over, hand yeah, it over, uh-huh, let's do this. Because uh-huh. I was like, I gotta smoke a cigarette with her. Yeah. And it was really. I mean, I was like dizzy. I was trying to like keep <laughs> keep it together, <laughs> but I almost up. passed out. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm excited about the show. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> that's funny so that shows you how um shallow i am i'll just do anything for no you want no, to I'm meet kidding, you but your, yeah but i i like the idea of you and rosie o'donnell i think it's very sweet that she had that kind of impact on you because she was pretty ballsy who else are your comedy heroes any guys i mean fred armerson fred armerson i would love to meet jerry seinfeld yeah, I think you could probably do that too. Don't That'd be you? pretty cool. I met Shanling, played basketball with Gary Shanling. That He's was a awesome. Sweet guy, isn't he? Yeah. Was it awkward or was it good? It was. Um, it was good. I mean, but it, it's. I'm. I'm always. I'm always just like I have no idea what he is thinking or feeling at any moment. So I'm always like scared that he just like wants me to get the fuck out of his face. Uh, so you, I'm like always kind of weird. You play ball with him a lot. But no, I've just a couple times, but. It was fun. Yeah, and you're going to play ball today? That's right. Is that just a pickup game that you just show up at, or is it a comic game? A comic game? At the Y. Oh, no, it's a pickup game. Oh, yeah? You just go play? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Are you good? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Did you play in high school? Yeah. I, I played for my church. You're a baller? Is that what I'm they say? I'm like a baller. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I know I don't look that like athletic, but I'm pretty good. I, it would surprise you. Because I've seen those games at the Y in Hollywood, and that's insane. Sometimes you get some pretty competitive dudes in there. Yeah, I know. But it's interesting for me because they look at me, I'm a girl, and they get all like annoyed and whoever whoever's like stuck defending me is like yeah. usually the worst player uh-huh. and then they're like, you know, totally emasculated and they're all in their heads and I just <laughs> use it to fuck with them cuz I'm pretty good on defense. Uh-huh. So, it's like they're it's like everyone like almost gives up on me because they they don't want to try because then if they fail it's even that worse for them you know so it's it works out in my favor yeah are you do you usually blow them away are they impressed yeah i mean there's been a couple times where people are like oh shit (laughs) she just did that on you and then they give then they're like you know fucking with the guy who's defending me it causes a lot of different there's a lot of different dynamics and I'm really quiet. I don't talk much. I just yeah. kind of play. Yeah. I'm not like, eh, ow. Yeah. you know, like I get my position. I get that I'm a girl. Yeah. I get it th- that it's weird, uh-huh. but it's like, you know, it deal adds, like, with it. Deal with it. Yeah. Do you ever see Ryan Gosling over there? I saw him there once. Does he ever play basketball? No, I've never seen you him. never seen him there. No, I, I did. I don't know if he goes there regularly, but it was weird. I saw Ryan Gosling at the gym. I was on a treadmill at the Y and you think, and it was amazing what an, he was doing a great job playing Ryan Gosling. Yeah. It's just like he was so fucking. He was just so Ryan Gosling. Gosling. Yeah, just right there. Gosling it up. Well, good luck on your movie. Thanks. And thank you for talking to me. I think it went well. You feel good about it? Yeah, I feel, you know, as good as I'm, I'm going to feel about it. What does that mean? I don't know. I Aubrey? just wanted to end it on a weird. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I didn't try to make you cry. All I'm right, here. I feel I'm, great. No, I'm curious about you crying. I feel hot. I'm physically hot. I know, I know. I'm going to have another ginger candy. Hold on, hold on. Put this. I'm going to put the air on. Let's end with the air. All right. Can you feel it yet? No. All right. As soon as you can feel it, I'm going to stop the tape. I don't know how I'm going to feel that. It's not even pointing at me. Just give it a second. Nothing? No. I'm I felt feel, it. I'm think I'm feeling it, but it might be psychological. I feel it a little bit. You feel it? No. 
I'll do this all day. I'll fucking, I'm right there with you. I got no problem with this shit. I mean, I'll fucking wait this out. I mean, I bought that air conditioner. All right, I feel it. All right. Who knew? Who knew that about Aubrey Plaza? Who knew all those things? Great stories. Nice conversation. Uh, glad she came over. And I'm glad she posed for those pictures uh, with me in Entertainment Weekly. That was very nice of her. She didn't have to do that. That's our show. Remember, my CD comes out tomorrow. Tomorrow, August 9th. You know what else tomorrow is? The day that my CD comes out. And I, you know, I, I'm going to out myself. Uh, not in that way. But uh, I have 12 years sober. August 9th. That's fucking insane. 12 years since I took a hit of pot. 12 years since I had uh, 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 some scotch or some fucking Jack Daniels or or some cocaine or some pills. 12 years since I took any of those major mind-altering things. 12 years, man. God, if I keep talking about this in this tone... I'm not going to make it till tomorrow. So let's move on. As always, go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF pod needs. JustCoffee.coop. Get the WTF blend. I get a little uh, little on the back end of that one. Get the apps for the iPhone, the iPod, the iPod Touch, that is. The iPhone, the iPad, the iPod Touch, the Droid. Uh, you can pick up some premium episodes at WTFPod.com. Get on the mailing list. Very, very diligent about the mailing list. Please uh, get on there. I, I write for you every week, for you personally. And by all means, have a good day. 12 years tomorrow. Jesus fuck. Why did I just say that? Why not just Jesus Christ or holy fuck? Or what the fuck? God damn it, I want to drink. <laughs> <laughs>